Hello and welcome to episode five of the Kick of the Balls podcast. My name is Harry Hedges and as ever I'm joined by my school friend, my one of my best friends, Mr Tom Hallam. Hello mate, how you doing? How are we doing? So let's go straight into that. <laughs> Obviously Martin Tyler on fine form as ever. Uh, what was the goal? Well this is the thing, you, I don't actually know. What do you mean you don't know? I don't know. Did you hear it? <laughs> I, could, I could hear mine Tyler getting really excited, but I couldn't actually hear clearly the name. Okay. Oh, okay. I apologise. Maybe maybe it wasn't. I'll do a bit. I'll do an impression. In. It's well, if I say if I say this, you're going to know it. But it's G goes round the goalkeeper. Do you know what this classic moment of? <laughs> Jesus, what? When you at first, I thought you said Unji, and I was like, "What? That, I don't remember that Spurs winger grounding a goalkeeper." Well, you know, so okay, <laughs> I'm really surprised by this. I thought this was a really, really easy one. So Sunderland had a forward called G. Yeah, and he, against Man City, he was one of the goalkeeper, but then he took it round the goalkeeper and then he put it in. How long ago is this? <laughs> I'm absolutely by this one. Well, Martin Tyler was absolutely like, obviously, very, very excited. So City must have been pretty good. So it must have been recently. Yeah, I, I think. Joe, I think Joe Hart's in goal. Was it when was someone one nil up, and then they, that was to go two nil up? No, that was the winner. That was the winner. Yeah, Joe Hart's in goal. And yeah, okay, well, that was a, that was a flat start. <laughs> I was convinced you'd know that. God, I really worry about the quiz I've done for you now. No, I've, that one, that particular uh, memory has been wiped. And I'm going to pick that one to me so I can watch it because it's going to piss me off now. Well, kicking the balls, Hong Kong um, uh, fan uh, and also Sunderland fan, Mr. Steve Lau, I'm sure I remember it. It was a classic Sunderland moment. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, sorry, Steve. <laughs> Wait a minute, wait a minute. You don't like you don't like League One or League Two, so you wouldn't know anything about Sunderland, would you? No, no, no. no they're League One, so I don't like League One, so that's fine. All right, that's irrelevant. Who cares? No, 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 no cares. Erased from my memory, baby. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we're good yet. Obviously, we've got very, very, very good news to talk about, but let's talk about our beers first. So, what have we got? Right. Okay. So what I've gone for this week. Uh, it's a. I think it's called a, a Warsteiner. Jesus, where the hell have you picked that one out from? Um, Germany, is it? Or it is, well done. War, it is Warsteiner. So I thought um, we needed a keeper. And okay. I saw the word war and I thought, which German keeper is nuts? Or it looks like he's ready to go into war. And I thought of Oliver Kahn. Oh, Kahn. I didn't know. I thought you might have gone Neuer, but okay. No, yeah. Neuer is a bit crazy, but he's, I think Oliver, Oliver Kahn is just actually nuts. It's terrifying as well. Yeah, I, if I was going into war, I'd want Oliver Kahn next to me, yeah, not Neuer. Neuer is massive. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so we're sticking Oliver Kahn at the back as I go. Oh, stuck into the side. Okay, well, that's actually quite handy because he's not the big. Am I right saying Kahn? Well, I could be, he could be one of those deceiving ones, but Kahn wasn't the biggest goalkeeper in the world, was he? Uh, I don't think so, but then I've had this with other goalkeepers and then you actually see them stood next to outfield players. Yeah, true. David Seaman was deceivingly uh, tall, I felt. But um, okay, cool. Okay, Khan's in the stick. We need the goalkeeper, so that's good. Yep. Um, I've got a, uh, I've got a Budweiser which I'm going to open. I've got a Budweiser right now. Um, so obviously the American lager. Uh, the two I've gone for. So remind me, who have we got up front? We got 
Luca Tony and someone else? Great was Raziak. Raziak, okay, well, okay. Okay, so I guess it depends on the formation then, because I'm going to continue our sort of aerial assault on these teams. So we can either go with, I thought, Brian McBride. He is very, he, he is an all-American hero. Yeah, yeah, and I quite, I quite like Brian McBride. I imagine Brian McBride, like, I can imagine Brian McBride sort of in a, in a jacuzzi in kind of Florida, Budweiser in one hand, couple of chicks in the other hand. Do you know what I mean? He's that kind of bloke, I imagine. <laughs> or, obviously, aerial, aerial assault continued, Clint Dempsey. Yeah, that's not a bad shout because he was. I get sorry. So, to make, correct me if I'm wrong here. Sometimes I get them confused. Clint Dempsey was pretty good in the air, wasn't he? Yeah, I was about to say he looks like someone who shouldn't be good in the air, but he's really good in the air. Okay, I was worried. I got. I, I was worried. I got them confused with Tim Cahill for a second, because <laughs> obviously Tim Cahill was absolutely awesome in the air for such a small midfielder. But um, okay, so Dempsey. So what, what? What do we need? I mean, we've got David Silva in that holding midfield with Kazola. So are we going three up top with McBride? See, okay, <laughs> let's break it down to the actual beer now. So my feeling of a Budweiser is that's sort of like my, I can always have a Budweiser. Like that's sort of, I, if there's no other beers available, um, actually, no, it's a bad way of describing it. Basically, the Bud is the king of the beers, and I love a good cold Budweiser. Reliable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very reliable. So which of those two is more reliable, McBride or Dempsey? Well, I would say, I, I, well, I'm just thinking about our midfield there of Cazorla and Silva. Maybe we have very lots of very lots of flare, lots of flair and assists, but maybe we could do some goals from midfield. And well, Dempsey, I don't actually know what his position is. He just sort of floats around. Well, I'm thinking if we had if we had Santi in the deep line playmaker role, David Silva is like a floating sort of playmaker, and Dempsey is a box to box man. It's quite it's quite attacking, but we've got Van. Oh no, we've got Van Bommel holding. Let them let the boys play. Yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah no, no, no. So we've got four at the back, um, and then we've got Van Bommel holding, and then they're the three as like a sort of creative force. I mean, we're going to try and keep the ball a little bit, and then we've got Raziak and um, uh, Luca Tony up front. That's yeah, coming together. It's all right. So we're going for Clint Dempsey, yeah. Don't worry about the pace. We need some, we need some pacey fullbacks. Okay. <laughs> well, when I'm in the uh, the beer role at Tesco, I'll try and look out for some pacey fullbacks. Yeah, let's get, let's get some pace out. Why? We need to find like a like a cafu or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, okay, cool. That Dempsey's in. Great, great. So let's talk about the best news that's happened in the whole of lockdown. It looks like we are getting our bloody Premier League back. It does indeed. So like after a few weeks of slowly moving towards it. So phase one. Torture is the word looking for there, Tom. Yeah. But with the, the Bundesliga, obviously, coming back last week. And then I think La Liga was announced they're coming back. We commenced in the 8th of June. It was only a matter of time. But, yeah, it's lovely to hear that they're going to move forward with it. Because for, for a moment, I thought they were going to keep pushing it back. I thought there were going to be more setbacks. But I think these recent tests, I think they've had a couple of positive tests out of over a thousand and I think that's it's quite good. I think that breeds confidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I think it's um I think it's obviously I, what what I'm liking about the uh what I'm liking about this is have you seen the setup? It is fantastic. <laughs> there is just games every single day. It's like they're fitting like ninety two games into like six weeks and it's gonna be it's like basically be the World Cup but the Premier League, which is just I mean, if it works, I think we should just have three seasons a year on that basis. <laughs> well, you know, those first few games where 
because obviously these there's a there are four teams that have a game in hand. So you've got the first two games are City, Arsenal, and Villa, Sheffield United, and those two games are going. I can't wait for those two games. Well, I think so. I, I, Arsenal City was the first one that was cancelled, so we might be the curtain raiser, which would be quite exciting. And I was talking to someone before, uh, I was talking to Doug actually before, and he was like, "Oh, well, yeah, we got City." I was like, "Yeah, but that is bad, but it's not as bad as playing City normally." If yeah. play, it looks, like, it looks like we're going to be playing them. By the, by, there's a few games they're worried about, but it's, they're still going to do the whole home and away. It's just, um, it's just going to be in empty stadiums, obviously, and of course. You know, a big part of being at home is the is the is the fans, right? So, you know, if anything, best time City are weaker that they're in an empty stadium, I guess. Yeah, no, best time to play, mate. <laughs> or, or I don't you know. I can imagine, like in like a training game, like De Bruyne and Silva and Aguero are pretty handy. They just switch it on and just do that, and there's no pressure on them. They're just absolutely awesome. <laughs> that is the feeling I've got from watching the Bundesliga. Is that because there's no atmosphere? It is like a train, and I think some of the football I've watched has been. Very, very, very good. It is like on the practice pitch, and I think we could get some really, really good patterns of football. Some great. I think we'll have some high-scoring games. But to be honest, this is Premier League, and there's always some big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot to play for as well. I mean, obviously Liverpool pretty much done well, obviously done and dusted. But then the the, the relegation zone, the Champions League games. I mean, when you, when Arsenal play Spurs or Arsenal play Leicester or you know Chelsea Spurs or whatever, these are big games. Big games. They're six pointers because everyone it's, everyone's in the hunt. Um, I, I'm kind of giving up on Arsenal personally, but you know Leicester, Wolves, Sheffield United—they've all kind of got a place to a, a stake a claim here. You know, so yes, no, it's exceptionally good news. It's uh, music to our ears, and I think, um, like I said, it is basically going to be like a World Cup of Premier League football. Yeah, well, I mean, if you look at the sort of when the televised games will be, you start say if you start on a Friday, you go. This is from BBC Sports. You got one on Friday night, eight pm. Perfect. And then on you move on Saturday, you got one at half twelve, three p.m., half five, eight p.m. So that's four. <laughs> I think well, so they're good. They're showing all the games as well. So I'm guessing you can, if there are two games on at the same time, you can choose them a bit like how the no, no, no. no. So no. So what I've read is that there's well, there's sixty four games on Sky. Uh, so yeah, there might be an element of sort of Sky Sports One, Sky Sports Two, or whatever. Um, no, but I think. <sighs> I don't know his honest answer, but like, so there's 64 games on Sky. There's four on the BBC randomly. And then the rest will be BT Sport and uh, Amazon again. So, but I think most of them, over the weekend, they're going to be like just different times, eight games over two days. And obviously the Friday night one as well. And I think it'll be a Monday night one as well. So that's all the games. Okay. And then, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So on, over the course of the weekend, you've got every game. And then on the midweek games, I guess they're going to, so it's 10 games. So I guess they're going to stagger them out over three nights. So Tuesday, when Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I don't know, mate. It's bloody carnage, but it's great, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not complaining that we're going to have too much football. Jesus, <laughs> no, no, literally, it's going to be on all the time. <laughs> but, but the thing is, it will phase out because towards the end of the season, you'll get a lot of games that mean nothing. The players won't care, and then they'll just be on the pitch. Do you know what I mean? It'll be literally like a training game. You know, like the games I, I said in a few episodes ago, like the Newcastle versus. Southampton, if they're, if they're both safe, then it's going to be like the worst game ever. <laughs> you know, but, um, but yeah, no, no, happy days. I like the idea that they're sort of, there's whispers that they're going to do things like they're going to go into the changing room and stuff, which uh, is quite an interesting concept. So like you hear the team talks and things, but whether that comes to fruition or not, I don't know, but I quite like the idea of it. That's really intrusive. And why would they start, why would they introduce that now? That's quite interesting. <laughs> Well, I think they're. Try- I think basically they're. I mean, again, I think this is whispers. It could be complete nonsense, but it's like 
I think the idea is that obviously the game is going to be compromised on an entertainment basis purely because there's no there's no fans. Like I'll be watching WWE wrestling since uh, the pandemic struck, and they've carried on as normal. And you know, there's no doubt about it. Like while they're still doing the same thing, they're wrestling. And I get it's fake, but like still, you know, they're still doing the same stuff in the ring. You lose so much by no fan reaction. <laughs> so I think they're trying to add a few things here and there as as much as they can. That was when it took you five episodes to get wrestling mentioned, did it? So that's pretty. Well, we can turn it into a WWE podcast if you. If, if you want. <laughs> this is the, this is my uh, this is my moment to to try and shift it over a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> King of the balls, King of the Ring podcast. <laughs> yeah, uh, but no, so good no, good news all round. Good news. How are our um, Paderborn doing? Paderborn. So yes. So since episode- two draws, right? Yeah, since episode four, we've had two games, two draws to go along with our draw. So that's three draws from three since the Bundesliga has resumed. So on Saturday, we were at home to Hoffenheim. That was one all. That was that was quite a fun game to watch. It was very end-to-end. Both teams, again, very poor at defending. But we conceded an early goal, and I thought the floodgates might open. But luckily, there was a bit of a poor mistake from their defender and a great Equaliser from I've no idea who it was, but <laughs> I mean they're quite steady, aren't they? These draws and stuff. But I don't know about you. I mean, you've, you've I must admit you've been more, watching more than I have. But should we, are we doing away with them now? Now that the Premier League's back, or what's the what's the deal here? I mean, the problem is isn't so obviously three draws from three. When you're bottom of the league, two of them away from home. Um, that you take that, but with the other teams have one as well. So we're now a point of safety. I mean, I'm going to still keep an eye on them and watch them when I can. Yes, you're, you're a far better man than I am. <laughs> I do want to mention um, one player for Paderborn who I think deserves a mention. I can't say his name. I think it's Gajula. And he is okay. a centre midfielder. He wears, um, sort of a, he wears a helmet, sort of not quite Peter Cech style, but he basically he broke his, I think it's his jaw, um, a while back, and so he still wears it. But basically, he's—I think he's broken a Bundesliga record uh, last night um, in our game. So he picked up his fifteenth yellow card of the season. Yeah, <laughs> nice. uh, when I was watching the game on Saturday, they described him as a walking yellow card, and then the yellow cards he picks up is—you can see why. And th- I think this is this is his third suspension of the season, which. I believe is a record, which is pretty pretty good going. If you tell me, yeah, he um, there's a, there's that classic thing, isn't there, with betting when like you, there's always a guy that you know, probably like Granite Jack is another one. And you know he's going to get a book, <laughs> and you actually bet on that. It's just so dumb, but it's like, is, is that, and the odds are actually more like you know favorable towards certain players. It's just so like I don't know. Like, I suppose it, is that you know when you take a booking for the team, that's a classic sort of thing. Isn't it? You know, when you just take a booking for that. Yeah, is that. Do you reckon some players overdo that so that becomes actually not a very good thing to do? See, I think when you said Granizaki, some of the challenges I've seen this Gajula make are very, he goes to the ground, he slides in all the time. So I think there must be some part of the process, the thought process, where they think they generally can generally can get the ball. Yeah, oh, no, de- I, mean, I mean, I haven't seen this fella, but Xhaka, there's definitely a thing where... You know, he's not just taking a booking for that. Like he's just being a bit, yeah, I, useless. But I think, um, I mean, I actually, think, yeah, he's actually got a lot better under Arteta, Jacka. To be fair, like, he was, I mean, it was probably the biggest comeback in Arsenal history, Jacka, because he was 
dead and like, he was like gone, wasn't he? After the when he walked off at Palace under um, under Emery, but the uh, no, the old taking a booking for that. Like, there is an art to that, but the art is not just you just take a booking for that. The art is how you do it now and again, so you get away with it, kind of thing. Well, there's that big thing about um, Guardiola's teams always giving away free kicks high up the pitch in good positions so that they can get back and get themselves into shape. So they don't always get a booking for it because it's so far up the pitch. But, yeah, there's def- – I can't remember what goal it was um, against England, but there was so – I mean, that's a very broad statement, but there's so many times among it where you're just like, just take him out, take a yellow, take a yellow, and then someone's just run half the length of the pitch and popped in the back of the net. And I think most fans will look back on certain goals and go, yeah, but if so-and-so is just taking them out of the halfway line and taking a yellow card – that never goes in. And I, there is a definite art to taking getting a yellow card. What, what is better in football? Okay. What's better? So you've got, obviously, I'm a set about you're a central midfielder. Okay. What is better? A successful offside trap where one centre off or both centre off step up at the same time and catch the striker offside? Or a central midfielder successfully fouling someone and either getting a booking or even better not getting a booking but stopping the counter-attack what is a better passage of play I think <laughs> I know I should be sticking to my centre midfield guns but it's got to be the offside trap oh it's the most fulfilling thing in the world <laughs> obviously making the uh, having filled in a centre-back a few times trying to organise a back four isn't easy so oh yeah it's, it's a dance it's, catching someone offside is a dance like <laughs> it's like ballet and you've got this little kind of like annoying very quick little forward and it's like I remember me and Wally used to do it quite a few times so step up so, sorry mate you're offside you want get, to get, get, get back over there will you it's free kick thank you very much <laughs> it always works perfectly when you know you have either one of your mates or one of your teachers running the line. So you, all you do is step up, raise your hand. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You only need a yard. You only need, even, if he's a, even if he's a yard on. No, no, sorry. Lino said it's actually yeah. offside. I'm trying to think we could uh, maybe open up some sort of, uh, well, not trying to uh, nick an idea from the Peter Crouch podcast about the art gallery, but there is definitely some sort of museum where you can have just beautiful bits of like an off, a lovely offside trap or a well nice pull on the shirt where you take a yellow card. There's people. Yeah, no, I mean, what is over there? That, 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 them sort of arts. So I'm thinking for a centre back, it's that kind of catching someone offside. I would say for a midfielder, it's probably that stopping the counter attack. Is that fair? Yeah. And then the winger is what finding the corridor of uncertainty. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That, that's art. That is pure art. That is. Yeah. I think maybe a striker is successful hold up play or running the channel. Or, or maybe spring, or maybe oh, no, 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 no. A striker is arcing your run to spring the the offside trap. <laughs> that is stunning. Vardy's good at that. That is stunning when strikers do that. You know, you just arc your run round the centre half, and you're in. Yeah, you oh. just dip your shoulder a little bit, and then just... yeah, yeah, you're off, you're off, you're off. I'm on. Oh, just as it's played, off we go. Lovely jubbly. <laughs> Always our hedges. I think that's what we're we're getting from this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Boy, yeah. I know. I know that. Jesus Christ. Right. Cool. Cool. So, Tom, I've I've got an idea. I've got a fun idea that we're going to do. We're going to dictate the success of Paderborn here, whether we carry on doing it through a quiz. I've got for you. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> if you get, if you get seven out of ten, well, it's not. It's, it's a quick fire quiz. Okay? okay. If you get seven out of ten, so it's, I'm going to say, no, no, you need eight, nine, or ten. You have to get over seven out of ten. Okay. 
I will buy you a Padabon shirt. Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> if, even with a player, I, I, I haven't got any players with a really long surname, have they? Even with a name on the back, if you want, as long as it's not like you know, Mkhitaryan or someone. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I did not know this. I'm feeling the pressure now. Okay. Yeah. No, no. That's this is why I didn't tell you about it because this is the whole point. Because these are easy questions, but it's going to be quick fire. It's your first answer, but if you dawdle for too long, we move on to the next one. They're easy questions. Easy, easy, but it's quick fire. Bum, bum, bum. You, you told me that football commentary was easy and I didn't get that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, I can't. I'm just, you're minus one in my eyes after that. <laughs> Can people actually? So it's worth mentioning. So kitbpodcast at gmail.com. Obviously, make sure you email us in, please. We really love it. But if you actually know that goal, and when you heard, you're like, oh, yeah, it's classic. It's G for Sunderland. Can you email us? And even if you didn't know, can you email us as well? I want to get a kind of a, a split here on whether that's a well-known goal or not. Because to me, I remember, I, remember, I remember where I was when I watched it. Like, it was like, oh, a big moment, I think. Yeah, I do now. Obviously, now I remember it. Something tells me it was under Poirier or De Canio and Sunderland were fighting for their lives and they had no right in beating City. Potentially even the season that City won the league under Aguero. I don't know. But anyway, so 10 questions. Quick fire. Quick. I need to, I'm, I'm nervous about reading the questions because they'll be, they'll be that quick fire. Okay. 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 Now, you can't be like, is it like, or whatever. Like, if I balls up a question, I'll give you the point, but I'm pretty certain I haven't, all right? Okay, okay. Ready? Strap yourself in. Okay. There's no time limit, but you need to answer quickly. If it's too long, you don't get it. Ready? Yeah. Go. ex Wolfsburg Premier League champion. Wayne Hennessy. <laughs> <laughs> what? ex Wolfsburg? Did he, did he, was he, was he, did he get a Wolfsburg? Say Wolfsburg. Hennessey. Oh, I, said you, I thought you said Wolves, even though Wayne Hennessey... Oh, Ex Wolfsburg, sorry, ex Wolfsburg. <laughs> I'll start again. Ex Wolfsburg Premier League champ, uh, Kevin De Bruyne. Correct. Dutch centre back, Man United. Yapstan. Correct. Former French winger, Newcastle, not Janola. Lauren Robert. Correct. Romanian fullback, Chelsea. Petrescu. Liverpool Villa, Portsmouth, Czech. Moving on. Oh. Leeds Aussie forward. Sorry, what was that? Sorry, Leeds Aussie forward. Kabuka. Coventry, Leeds United, no England caps. Moving on. Tottenham goal, disallowed. Old Trafford. Pedro- oh, shit, I just said the answer. <laughs> Tottenham goal, disallowed. Old Trafford. Pedro Mendes. French, Birmingham. No, sorry. French World Cup winner, Birmingham. Christophe Diggory. Real Madrid, Bolton. Ivan Campo. Oh, okay. Right, we have a problem. <laughs> Hiero, Hiero. <laughs> no, no, the last one's fine because I actually had a Hiero, but Campo is correct as well. So, yeah, that, 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 that was one of my worries. No, you did it. You got eight. That Was it Patrick Berger, the, the one I... Yeah, 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 yeah. And then Coventry leads, no England caps. Tough one. That's probably the hardest one. Richard Shaw. Just... <laughs> Good chap. Darren Huckabee. Ah. Oh. I kind of forgot he played for Leeds. Obviously, Norwich's is the one I would associate Huckabee with. I, mean, I, I associate him with Coventry more, actually, funny enough. Ah, sweet. So I've just bloody got myself a Padabond, shall I? Yeah, probably, yeah, I'll buy a Padabond. You did that well, though, yeah. I didn't think... I thought you might struggle on the French winger for some reason. Um, Only... I must admit, when you said Wayne Hennessy at the first one, I was like... <laughs> I was thinking, OK, we're safe here. He didn't pay for Wolfsburg. <laughs> He said Wolves, but that um, Lauren Repair one, I think his, I saw a picture of him recently with his son, and I think his son is 
playing for a French team, maybe. So that's was Frank. Can we have 20 seconds to talk about Laura Bear? He was pretty good, wasn't he? Uh, I think, did we have, well, not that we're discussing gigs or bail anymore, but on the, on the subject of <laughs> great left foots, he's up there. He's got like sort of the John Arnaresa sort of style of left foot. He could take those free kicks and, and he had a score of really good volleys as well. Yeah, I think he was one of those where he... Um, where he, yeah, like, I think he was red hot in some games and, like, scored, like, two, three kicks and stuff. And then in other games, he, like, did, didn't do a lot. But, you call, of course, you're, in your memory, you're kind of like, oh, my God, that guy was so cool. And he, um, he also um, knocked out Bernard when he kicked the ball in his face by accident. <laughs> oh, he had, a, he had a bullet of a left foot, didn't he? It was beautiful. Yeah, um, yeah OK, no, cool, well done. Yeah, no, uh, that, I don't know where you buy one from, but if you want one, um, you can have one, yeah. All right, I'll... Uh... I'll look into that, mate. Thank you. Um, yeah, no, all yours, all yours. Well deserved. I, I, I'm, I'm pleased with you on that one. That was, um, that was, that was a good effort. You see my point? It was easy, but quick fire could have been a problem. Like Patrick Berger, you knew, but you lost it. Yeah, for some reason, when you said check, it really threw me off, and I could only think of Carol Poborski. <laughs> oh yeah, they're the, they're, they're the two, aren't they? So yeah, no, that was I quite enjoyed that. I just so maybe I'll try and think of one for you for next week. Yeah, man, no, sounds good, sounds good. So, emails, what do we got? Well, we've got a few more coming this week, yeah, which is nice. Thank you so much to everyone who has emailed in. What do we uh, What do we got, mate? We do indeed, again, and just repeating what Hedges has just said, thank you again. Thank you for sending in emails. Um, thank you for all your messages as well. Um, we get, I'm getting, getting in touch with a lot of um, people I haven't heard from for a long time. It's really quite nice to hear, so... Nice, yeah, that's lovely. That's a lovely thing. Yeah, I love that. And also touching on um, from last week, I did get a message from my dad. Um, oh. No, no, no. He, he said it wasn't a, a seagull; it was a pigeon that shot on me. So, okay, <laughs> I'm glad we got that cleared up. <laughs> is, he, is he? Is he? Is he kind of like forgiving you for your uh, sort of? Well, your what was it? A lie? Was it? I don't know. You were backtracking, whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, no, he he has forgiven me, and I'm still. Uh, his words were, "You're still my favourite." So. Uh, Oh wow! Oh, yeah, that's one for. Oh, yeah, okay, nice, nice. <laughs> I know my. Yes, what, what we got? I know my siblings are listening. So actually, one is the first one <laughs> from my sibling, uh, my sister, um, who has said, firstly, loving uh, the episodes. She's even got my her little boy, so my little uh, nephew's five years old, listening to it. So not sure that's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, won't, we won't talk about Marlon Hayward anymore. Jesus. Go <laughs> <laughs> on. So the first question is. Uh, this one's more to you, Hedges, because she says, we all know Tom has a thing for Emil Heskey. And as I'm reading this question out, I am wearing my wig and top with Heskey on the back. Um, okay. But who is your Fublin icon and the reasoning behind it? Now, is yours Ian Wright or did it, obviously that what got you into Arsenal, did it change as you grew? Um, so what should, I, should I say a Fublin icon that doesn't play for Arsenal, maybe? Is that a good yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah. Go for that. Heskey. He never played for, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, blimey. Probably. See, I'm a big, we haven't spoken about him enough, actually. I'm a big, big, I don't think he's an icon of mine. Cristiano Ronaldo is probably, like, this, this is not, Cristiano Ronaldo is probably like my icon, if you like, for guys to like, because I just think he's incredible, you know, and he, and he was around when I was a lot younger as well. But, um, so, yeah, I'd say when the word icon, so icon means like just the ultimate superstar. I mean, I know yours is Heskey, which is a bit. Am I, am I going down the right road here? Because yours is Heskey, thinking about it. 
<laughs> yeah, for those listening who don't really know about that, I'm being deadly serious with Emil Heskey being my love the guy. He's my hero. Well, I, I would so yeah. So I with me using the word icon. So I, okay, I, I'm going to say icon. I think it's probably Ronaldo because it's like he's, he's just. I just love everything about him. I think he's just gold machine, and I. Loved him at United when I first saw even though he was all a load of tricks and stuff. And then Fergie kind of got him to have that end product. And um, I think it's the PT in me a little bit. I like the way he's kind of built himself. And and he's kind of, it probably wasn't as natural as, say, a Messi. Uh, but he's just that relentless kind of nature of just being better, being better, being better. But aside from that, I don't know if he's popular or not. Frank Lampard? Uh, yeah, what's, what's your thinking about so, I think it's been developed. I think, you know, when he was at Chelsea, it wasn't so much at the time. I was like, oh, God, he's a great, like, you know, icon of mine or whatever. But I love, have you seen that clip where Harry Redknapp basically like defended him about, have you seen that clip where he said that Redknapp was like, trust this guy's going to, because uh, the, the the press were a bit like, why have you got rid of so and so and so and so to bring him in? Like, he's not as good. And Harry Redknapp's like, I'm telling you now. And bear in mind, he's like, Redknapp's his uncle, which is obviously a bit weird. He was like, I'm telling you now, he's going to be a lot better than them. He's going to be one of the best midfielders in the Premier League. Have you seen that clip? Yeah. Yeah, so Lampard's sitting there, and you can imagine he feels like a bit of a dork sitting there. His uncle sort of defended him in front of the press. And yeah, his uncle as well. Yeah, his uncle, yeah, 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 yeah. So Frank Lampard Sr., isn't it? And then, so, you know, it's... I, I, you know, remember, there's that classic sort of dad who's the coach picking his son, and it's always a bit awkward, isn't it? <laughs> you know, especially if people don't rate him that much. And the ability Lampard showed to kind of not just rise above it, but bloody go to another... Like hemisphere of bloody uh, quality or stratosphere, even not hemisphere, stratosphere <laughs> of like quality and the goals. And I mean, he's, I know he scored, I know he takes penalties, but like he is Chelsea's all time got top goal scorer from midfield. Isn't he like in the top 10 in Premier League history from midfield? It's just ridiculous, his stats, like absolutely ridiculous. And it's again, probably links to Ronaldo a little bit, just based on pure pure hard work like just getting better in himself and I don't think he's naturally I mean he's fat Frank wasn't he for a little while but yeah just I, I just I really 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 like Frank Lampard yeah I think them two are both um good examples of maybe not I think in some ways Lampard is a, I think they're both extremely talented and gifted but when it like Ronaldo has there has pushed himself physically but I think Mentality-wise, for both of them, they're the reason why they are the well, like Ronaldo's top goal scorer for um, many different. Um, well, is he Real Madrid, Portugal? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a reason why they are at the top of those stats at those leaderboards because their mentality. Because and these two guys have got during their time in the Premiership have got absolute. A shit ton of abuse from traveling from away fan. Absolutely, and they just they just keep doing it, keep doing. It. And it's not like you know, it's. I mean, the thing is, that I, our very first episode, I said my favorite players that aren't Arsenal players were Beckham, John Terry, and and, and Pirlo. So look, obviously, you know, I'm kind of having another player that I haven't already spoken about before. But like Lampard, I said to, you know, between Terry and Lampard and Lampard. But the thing is, I think the difference there is when I was growing up, I liked Pirlo, Beckham, and and Terry. You know, Terry is a centre half, and me, and and obviously Beck's being who he is and stuff. But it, it actually looking back, I go bloody hell, Lampard was half decent, you know. And he um, he had 
again it's you know a lot of my instagram content's about that kind of constant improvement and getting better and you know the pt and stuff and i think it is probably an element of that but i love the fact he's just and the goals eventually shut everyone up don't they you know and there's great moments sometimes when players kind of come back so like lampard i don't know if you remember when he played for city and he played chelsea and lo and behold who pops up late into the box to put it into the bottom a little bobble into the bottom corner <laughs> <laughs> it's um Frank Lampard what I think they won one nil. I was watching on Premier League years a couple of weeks ago. And Henri had that moment at Leeds where he's still old and he can't be he's not moving as well, but he got the ball on the left and he comes in cuts inside and rolls it into the far corner. You know, and it's just it's just they just never lose it, do they? Nope. And that's why Emil Heskey is the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, probably yeah, I, 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 yeah, Lamp I like I really, I do I don't know about icon, but yeah, top top. Top class. Lovely. Uh, we do have a second question from Nikki, and this one's a, a good one. Um, so this one is your most emotional football memory or a football moment that will always stick with you, be it domestic or international. So she goes on to say okay. about hers um, was, I think, uh, most of the family were at this game. Uh, we all went up to Mansfield. Uh, they were playing Carlisle in the 0-1-0-2, last home game of the season. Mansfield had to win. Cheltenham had to lose uh, for for Mansfield to get automatic promotion. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, so basically we won. Mansfield won. We got promoted. And she says, basically, she remembers seeing, uh, looking at my dad. I think my, my dad's very, like I said in last week's pod, he loves Mansfield, very passionate. And uh, you could see that in his eyes at that moment. I think me and my brother had, done a pitch invasion so we probably didn't stick around for that but she says that's what's that like what's a pi- I've never done it what's a pitch invasion like you can't do that in uh, Emirates or Highbury <laughs> it's, uh... it's fun I think my brother tried to get the boots off one of the Mansfield players but they because <laughs> these are did he ask or was he trying to mug the man or what <laughs> he asked nicely but I think they still had um, they still had one game left and the guy was like no I need these for next week <laughs> Oh, yeah, well, fair play, yeah. I mean, that's exactly that'd be my answer if I did if you have a day off for you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, what's your most so, notable memory? Just to clarify, so is this just is this linked to family? Is it, or is it does it is it can this be like a football moment? No, just and I'm gonna go down just okay. a football moment. Okay, well, I've got a, yeah. So I would say well, a couple. So the one that I'm gonna go into more detail about, I think, was I didn't really again. It's one of those ones I didn't really think at the time. I don't think I even saw it, but I watched highlights of it recently, and it really hit me a little bit because I think you understand what happened afterwards. So you know when Leicester won the league, yeah, and they did that moment with uh, Andrea Pacelli, what his name is, on the on the pitch with Ranieri. Yeah. So that was quite emotional because. It was you know, just the most incredible season ever where Leicester have gone and done that. And you know, the Italian connection with Ranieri, and I, I like Ranieri, and yeah, that was nice. But then I was watching it, and, I, and then as I was watching it, I was like, Jesus Christ, that's where that's where uh, the chairman, his helicopter set off, where they're standing right there. And do you know what I mean? Like I kind of watched it later after, because the chairman obviously that happened after the, they won the league. And when I watched it a few weeks ago, I was kind of like, oh, yeah, that's it kind of welled up a little bit. I was like, it's not just about them winning it. It's about what happened afterwards. And yeah, that, I don't know, that hit me quite a bit recently. That's the one that sort of springs to mind because it happened recently. Yeah, so mine is when I... <laughs> do, you, do you not agree? <laughs> no, the thing is, what happened was, you know, an absolute tragedy. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> I think... Yeah. Uh, yeah, fair enough. All right, fair enough, mate. What's your word? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
my one, it's funny how you said like about Bocelli being on the uh, pitch and mine's quite similar about how when uh, it was basically Spurs' last game at White Hart Lane. Okay, yeah. And for obvious reasons, White Hart Lane, it was obviously going to be knocked down for the new stadium. But uh, I just remember the the game was done and dusted. We beat, I think, United 2-1. And then all the fans had the flags out. They had um, all the Spurs' uh, current squad. They had uh, a load of Spurs legends on the pitch as well. And then they had... Um, it was actually the guy from the Go Compare address. I can't remember his name. <laughs> did, they, did they all fit in the six-yard box, did they? <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for something, mate. And then, uh, yeah, it was a bit like it wasn't, it was a bit, it felt like it was more than football. A bit like, um, I imagine, with the Leicester thing and how they're anyone associated with the club. Like, there are moments, the most emotional moments in football for me are where you realise there's, like, there's more to f- to life than just football and yeah big time and like this wasn't anything to do football well, it is football related but when I realised that this was the last time I'd ever be going to White Hart Lane I go I'm lucky enough that I get to go with uh, most of my family most of my best mates so it, yeah. it's not just me going by myself and it's the, um, it's the occasion isn't it it's a big occasion to go and do and, and you, the memories in that sort of stadium and stuff so yeah no I hear you man that's yeah. um it was like it was brilliant I, and they had like I remember the, where I sat because uh, it was raining and it was sunny there was a rainbow and I had the perfect view of the rainbow and I yeah really that's a bit cute isn't it <laughs> it was bitter and it, it was funny enough it was my first season as a season tick holder and we went the whole season undefeated at home so it was really it was really fitting actually did they win the last game yeah it was 2-1 against um Man United. Oh, wow, quite a good game, though. Yeah, um, I just thought of well, what I was going to say was like a smaller one, just a touch on which I thought actually I always get quite emotional. About it. It's never the never walk alone with Liverpool. I don't know. I quite like it. Oh. And you know when they and so when but when they when they were four nil down to Barcelona recently, again this is recent. I don't know. I'm very sort of like recent. I can't really think of any emotional moments from a long time ago. Well, I'm going to bring up a couple in a second. Um, and they all they they did the impossible. Uh, Messi was obviously absolutely devastated, which was quite a quite a picture. Messi being like, "Oh my God, what's happening?" And then uh, Gigi Wijnaldum and uh, Origi got the one from the corner from Trent. And at the end, there were the players that like, hugged each other, and then they were looking at the crowd and they were singing "Never Walk Alone." I thought that was pretty deep. I um, I don't have any feet. I think I've seen the build up. I've heard them singing this so much. You'll never walk alone. Now it's kind of lost that special feeling to it for me personally so I'm ooh ouch this is a bit of Champions League from last year creeping out a little bit huh? <laughs> just every just obviously there's a big Muppets a lot of them Muppets don't care there's a media loving with Liverpool and they bloody always they always there's whenever they're on TV there's always like oh we'll just skip her we'll go early to so you can hear the fans singing it's like you go to any it's <laughs> only premiership ground five months before kickoff before a big game it's going to be atmosphere is going to be absolutely amazing yeah yeah no no no, no. that's no i mean I, I do like that song but i think that when they've done the impossible against barcelona it had a, a, a deeper a deeper feeling to it it was shit mate <laughs> <laughs> okay well you're gonna love this next one for you all right so obviously the two biggest well one of the biggest ever emotional moments in football is when aguero scored against qpr and then win the league yeah. so 
Um, but people forget that that's actually been done before in even more extreme circumstances when Arsenal beat Liverpool at Anfield 2-0, Michael Thomas in the last minute. So while that Aguero thing was great and the Premier League and obviously the editing was around then and everything was great, I'm just, I'm just going to give you the, the, the... I've got a reason why I think the Arsenal one's not so sort of cheered and celebrated. The Aguero one's definitely more... And I know it was more recent, but it's definitely more well-known, isn't it, the Aguero one? Oh, 100%, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I personally, this is not. This is maybe maybe this is the Arsenal bias in me a little bit. I don't really understand why, because, but I kind of do. But I'm going to just. I'm just going to explain what what the. the I mean, you know, but I'm just going to explain to everyone who might not know the dynamics of the occasion. There, right? Arsenal have to win two 0 against Liverpool, who are top of the league. So I, I'm assuming they're three points behind, and if they win, and, and they have to score to out goal difference them, yeah, at Anfield. On a Friday night, it was the only game like at that time ever where it was like a Friday. They put it on a Friday night. It was the last game of the season. That was all that mattered. Yeah. And first versus second. In the other game, in the Aguero game, it was okay, fine. They were 2 1 down against a lame side. But, you know, everyone kind of knew that, well, everyone kind of went into that game thinking City should win. And they won. Okay. Very dramatic circumstances. No one thought Arsenal would go to Anfield and win 2 0. And so, in my opinion, that is more dramatic, first versus second, away from home on a Friday night, than Man City, Man United, Saturday afternoon, and a game that City should have won. Thoughts? When did Thomas score the goals? Did you score both of them? It's not, no, Alan Smith scored the first one. 90th minute. Both of them? No, no, no. So, no Smudger, Smudger scored in like the 70th, and then, um, and then Thomas scored the, in the 90th. I think that's what the City one is so dramatic was because in a game that they were supposed to win yeah yeah but regardless they were 2-1 down in stoppage time Uh, so Zeko equalised and then and this was was, what happened all the time time. Man United did that against Bayern Munich yeah and that's why that's one of probably (laughs) the greatest uh, I know Liverpool with uh, Liverpool AC Milan's up there but that, a, key, a, key, a big a big reason why, and I don't want to go too deep about this because obviously it's horrendous, but a big reason why the Arsenal one has kind of been not spoke about so much is because Hillsborough happened a month before. And obviously it was almost like the dagger into Liverpool a little bit, um, which obviously is awful. But like it's definitely, definitely, definitely not as sort of well-known or celebrated. Because it literally has happened before. Everyone's like, oh, once in a lifetime, Aguero. It's like it's not. Once in a lifetime is Arsenal, but first versus second. Shootout, a final for the league. Yeah, no, I, I agree, but I think like you're not. Arsenal was better. Arsenal was better. No, I mean, Guerrero is probably number one Premiership. Well, that's the thing. It was Premiership, and well, that's, and that's the other thing. Like, it's got going for it. The Premier League editing is like absolutely ridiculous. I mean, that's to be honest. We're talking about emotional moments. I could watch any edit of Premier League football with a decent tune in the background. It probably get me get me going. To be quite honest with you, like, they do them edit. Then they do them little montages so well. It's an emotional roller coaster before the even game even starts. Sometimes, indeed. Sorry, I just burped again. <laughs> <laughs> You're hoping I was going to carry on talking there. I kind of caught you out. Yeah, you've been doing a lot. So I will. No, that was um, two great questions there from uh, Nikki. Thank yeah, no, great. Yeah, I love it. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Guys, rambling on again. So uh, move on to the yeah. next one. Um, next one is from Neil, but we're going to save Neil's email um, because he's got. He spoke about the Euros, didn't he? So we're going to do a Euro special, which I think he suggested, which is quite a good idea. So we'll have that. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, mate. We're nicking that one. So we're going to move on to. So this one wasn't an email. This is um, 
a message via Neil. It's from P. Harrison. Do you remember? He's Claire's dad, Neil's father-in-law. Um, he was on Neil's stag do in Lisbon. Legend. Yeah, 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 I wasn't there, but yeah, I was living in Dubai. But yeah, no, go on. All right. So Pete has said, and um, Pete, if you're listening, I love you. Um, so he's from Agnes. Um, <laughs> strangest football injuries. And I'm going to go because we, I've, I went down the personal one, but then I, we, we tried to think of some um, ones that have happened to footballers, and there are some brilliant ones, aren't there? Yeah, well, I, I, um, I must admit, so I, I, some of them were like, I knew what happened, like someone dropped something, that, a funny thing on their foot and stuff, but I couldn't quite um, remember what uh, what player and stuff. So I did have to do a bit of Googling on this one, I have to say. So um, the one I came up with was one I kind of knew was about uh, Dave Besson, the goalkeeper, and he uh, dropped a, a, a jar of salad cream on his foot, which I think is just hilarious because he's a goalkeeper. <laughs> and, and he, uh, I, I think he, I can't, I can't remember the exact outcome. He either moved to Chelsea and never played for them under Glenn Hoddle, or that basically was he did that towards the end of the season. There was like ten games left, and that basically ended his career at Chelsea. <laughs> and it just, I just love the fact he's a keeper and he dropped it on his foot. Uh, but then again, this website, I, I have to say, this website is slightly suspicious because they were talking about an injury that Marco Asensio, the uh, Real Madrid central midfielder, did, and had a picture of Cesc Fabregas next to that one. So I don't know if this guy actually knows what he's talking about. That's not very credible, is it? Um, what, about you yeah. what about you personally? Have you had any... Oh, um, personal injury. Um, the only one that springs to mind, I actually played through it, uh, was uh, such a lad, <laughs> was uh, Nath chucked a cone at my head when we were drunk on a Saturday night. Um, it was like one of the heavy ones that had like sand at the bottom. Okay. And we were walking back from um, Royal Chicken and Ribs down like uh, down the drive actually, and he ch- chucked it. It split my back of my head open bad, like really bad. Like I think I had nine stitches. But obviously I was drunk and didn't care and went to sleep. And we had football the next day, and I played. And I basically had half, honestly, mate, I had like half my brains hanging out the back of my head. <laughs> like, it was so bad. And then um, actually, uh, no one really saw it until about midway through the first half. Our coach, Russ, um, is, this, is this accurate? No, who was our coach? I can't remember. Well, it, might, it, might have been, it might have been Hatfield Town, actually. I can't remember. But anyway, I couldn't finish the game. The, 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 our coach said, no, no chance. You can't play with that. And then I had to go and get stitched up. I was wondering where the football was in that story to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> no, we definitely played the next day because I remember playing football with it. I just can't remember if it was Crusaders or it could have been Crusaders because I was drunk. And I didn't really get drunk in the meeting till. Well, that's what. Well, maybe, it must be an adult Crusaders. It must be. But who was our coach? We didn't have a coach, did we? We just coached ourselves. <laughs> I, don't know, I definitely, I definitely, or maybe I just saw myself out. I don't know, but it was bad. Like I was bleeding. Like, the black of my shirt had blood all over it. I think I don't know. It was awful. Quite, What's your one? I was going to say it was quite uh, strange that uh, Nath actually managed to hit the target as well. <laughs> Yeah, I know, yeah. Only he's chucking something in my head, it's the target. Exactly. Um, the, one of the weirdest injuries I've had was um, just playing football out. Uh, so uh, back when I lived at home in Rushfield, so you know I've got that bit of green outside my my house. Yeah. Me and my brother were just playing out there, and uh, I was in goal. He had a shot. I dived for it, and a bit of a loose bit of gravel or something uh, scratched my eyeball. <laughs> wow. Okay. And, and I honestly I had to wear an eye patch. That explains some of the birds that you pull on the dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, that was because um, I, other than getting a bit older and probably getting a bit tight hamstrings and groin, I've never really had any bad, well, touch wood, I've had any bad football injuries. Um, so that, you, were, you, were never, you were never really injured, were you? No, I, I um, nor was I really. I, I, done, I tore my hamstring once, but other than that, I've never, that's all I've ever done. I always thought like some people, whether they're playing at our level, at well, it's like lower leagues or grassroots or premiership, I just think some people are different. Whereas some people will play, whereas some two people might have the exact same sort of slide muscle strain, maybe let's say. One will be like, I'm not playing. And the other one would be like, oh, no, I'm fine to play. I think it's a... It's- yeah, yeah. I think it's also an element of like luck of the draw in the sense if you get a bad one, I think you just keep on getting like reoccurring ones of that or knock-ons from that a little bit. And it's just like you, you always try and rush back a little bit because you're not, you know, you're not getting real kind of like physio advice. Are you? You're just kind of guessing, aren't you? And it never really goes away. Coming back to... Um, I mean, that's the luck side. But yeah, I agree also some people just can play through it more than others, definitely. Yeah, and there's a second question from Pete and that is the worst game you've ever seen like watched oh wow um now i don't know if this means like as in just a terrible game of football or an absolute hammering you've got i remember um i remember going to arsenal sheffield wednesday nil nil and it was a real dreary affair um i'll tell you what's a good one for me and you to say that we both went to together was man united chelsea in the fa cup final oh the first fa cup final the new Wembley. First one at Wembley when Drogba scored the extra time. It was the worst final I could remember ever. Like, honestly, like nothing happened. <laughs> we even sat next to Anthea Turner, didn't we? <laughs> we did sit next to Anthea Turner. <laughs> and that fella, that fella was kind of famous as well. I can't remember his name, though. God, but, um, I forgot about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so I've got two down. So, um, obviously, one was Bayern Munich at home, uh, Spurs, where they honked us. Seven one. I can't actually. Oh, okay. oh, yeah. I went down the. I've had. A, I've, I mean, I've been in a couple of games where Arsenal got tonked. But yeah, go on. But the um, yeah, the, yeah, the uh, you you got more down the sort of emotional thing. I went down the boredom route. But go on. Yeah. Well, that one was very hard to watch. And then I got, again, I've gone down. I went to Spurs, Man City at the Etihad, um, where we lost six nil. They'd scored before we even. We were a bit late to the game. They scored whilst we were queuing up to get in. Oh, that's the worst when that happened. Yeah, that was that was my first away game with Spurs as well. So, a little interesting. Do you want to know an interesting fact about Serge Nabry, who's who obviously pummeled you that night? He's scored more goals against us and Chelsea than he did for Arsenal and West Brom. No, oh, that was completely just made up as well. <laughs> oh, was it? I didn't know if that was a stat or not, but that's not the interesting thing about Serge Nabry. No, do you want another interesting thing about Serge Nabry? If that's true, <laughs> um, um, yeah, go on. I sold him a sim only when I worked for EE. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his mobile number that he had for uh, in in this country was sold by me. Nice fella, nice fella. I, I recognised him straight away, and then uh, he uh, actually the, the only funny story I have from that really, he was quite quiet really. But he you have to do you have to do a credit check, don't you? Yeah. Uh, back in the you get a phone contract days, and well, even now. And he said his name, Serge. I said it, and then he said his surname, and he went to GN. I was like, No, you're right, I got it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he laughed, and I was like, Yeah, then that was that. And that was that. And yeah, now he's doing bits of Bayern Munich, which is. I also sold, I also sold Andre Arshavin a page ago, Hans, Hansa in Hampstead back in the day. Oh, 
any any more whilst we're on the subject? Uh, I saw Adeboyor give someone a tenner outside the shop in Hampstead. <laughs> That's a bit dodgy, isn't it? <laughs> no, 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 no. He was a cleaner. There was a, there's this guy. He's a cleaner in Hampstead, and he uh, he's always cleaning the streets. He's he's a legend in Hampstead, and Adeboyor I think just gives him a tenner every time he sees him. I think. Oh, that's nice of it. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a very nice. Yeah, but a lot of a lot of Guna, well, a lot of uh, Spurs and Arsenal pack players live in and around the Hampstead area. But yeah, so, so, so yes, thank you, Pete, for your questions, and then we move on to our final one, which is from uh, my brother again over in Singapore. Hi, Sam. Um, he has gone for question for you, boys. What is your favourite away ground to go to? Oh. That is a good question. I like that a lot. Okay, yeah, well, mm, okay, yeah. I, I know my favourite away day occasion, but I, I think he's looking more for like the, the romance, well, right? His, his second question is, uh, what's been your best away day? So, okay. so yeah, as a, as a ground, what's your favourite? Uh... Um, I've probably been to, I would say, around 25 away days in my life. Um. Um, bu- 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 um, really, really, I really, I mean, we're talking about Sunderland quite a lot around it, but I really like the stadium, I like, believe it or not. But no, I would say I really liked, um, I like Goodison, very close to the pitch. I mean, it's fallen to pieces and I was stuck behind a bloody pillar. But, <laughs> but I, um, very you know, we want, I think it's hard, isn't it? Because away days can be so, li- the, the stadium and the, the, the atmosphere and stuff can be so linked to the, the score. So we won 6 1 that day. So there's, no, there's, no re- there's another reason why I like that, like that uh, thing. Um, Ellen Road, I like quite a lot. I've been there as an Arsenal fan and, a, and uh, back in, in, in sort of in the Derby days uh, recently. And I do like Ellen Road a lot. Uh, obviously, great night out in Leeds as well. Um, bu- 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 um, I'm trying to think. I had a great time in Reading once when we won. Uh, I went to that 7 3 game, you know, when uh, it was like in the Carlin Cup or the League Cup, where it was. Do you remember that game? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I had a good night in Reading after that. <laughs> Mate, to be honest, yeah. If Arsenal win and there's a decent, it is, as a bar, I'm happy, you know? <laughs> but I would say I've never been to Villa Park. A lot of people say Villa Park is their favourite, but I've never been there. So. Oh, you've been to Villa Park, haven't you? And you had, a, you had a, didn't that when Kane scored that free kick in the last minute or something? Yeah, so I've been to Villa Park twice. First one was when Kane scored that last minute deflected free kick, and the lo- second time I went was this season where we Sun scored in the last minute. So, um, I again, I have Villa Park is one of those really um, traditional old stadiums. Got the whole end, which is quite um, famous. But I think the one because I've again I been to quite a lot of the grounds around the country and um the one that always i felt was a bit different to because you've been you go to like the new stadiums go to the old stadiums but st james's park was one that because obviously the away fans are right up in the top yeah yeah oh, i mean I, I would love to i've never been there but i'd love to go to st james's yeah park. i went once uh mansfield played them in the fa cup uh <laughs> No, 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 I didn't. I didn't see that one coming. Sorry. Go <laughs> it was in the FA Cup, so um, you get a larger uh, fan allowance away. From- oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're right in the rafters, aren't you? Yeah, and it, so you're right at the top. And for my remember, where the the fans is because the the stands opposite are obviously lower than that massive one, and you get and it was must have been third round, so that's normally first 
week or second week of January. So it gets dark quite early. So you get you saw like the whole of Newcastle at night. And uh that was one where like I've been to like Old Trafford, which is obviously massive, but it didn't you go you reminded, reminded with me of one of mine. I just didn't even think about it. So go on. <laughs> Once you've been to Wembley and you've been to like the Millennium you've been to these big stadiums, you kind of feel like you've the size of it doesn't really amaze you like when you're younger. Whereas St. James's Park, that stand dwarfs the others and it you really are so far away from the pitch. But you like that in a way. I, that was one where it, literally I was, I, when you go out, you know, you always talk about that moment where you first walk up the stairs and see the pitch. Like that was one time where I've literally been like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah, definitely on my to-do list. I actually said that to you, didn't I? Actually, I think Arsenal were playing Newcastle around May the 2nd or Spurs were playing Newcastle. And I said to you, should we do the way they, obviously, Corona struck. But um, it reminded me of when I went to, I was at Arsenal, uh, Man United, when Will Tours scored the winner. Yeah. Um, we won the league that day. <laughs> so that was probably my best ever away day. Uh, but, oh, yeah, old traffic was cool as well. I was, I was, a, lot, I was a lot younger, though. So, um, But, yeah, no, it's... Um, I said Villa Park seems to have that... Cause it seems to get that has that feel, doesn't it? Because it's always kind of like the same. I know it's in the middle of the country, so that's another reason. But it's always like a semi-final event. And whenever there seems to be a neutral thing, it's always Villa Park. Is that more geography or is that a bit of both? Uh, a bit of both. But it is, I think it holds 40... 40 plus thousand, 45,000. So it is a big, big ground as well. And it is, um, yeah, I really, I've really, again, it's very hard to separate the actual grounds uh, with the results you get there because obviously I've seen Spurs win two games there, both last minute winners. So I have really fond memories of Villa Park. Yeah, I, I, think, I think that makes the away day more so, isn't it? I mean, the stadiums are great and stuff, but you. Yeah, I think it's it, obviously if you go there and get pummeled, it does take away the effect of the game, doesn't it? But uh, sorry, the effect, effect of the stadium. Um, I'll tell you what, Tom, let's do the emails and then we'll really dedicate Football Manager next week. We were going to do a bit of a Football Manager section. Um, but again, well, to be fair, in our defence, we weren't expecting the Premier League announcement to be an hour ago. So <laughs> that guy took up more time, didn't it? But is it, is, do you agree? Is that a good thing to do? Yeah, no, because I think we, I, I could. Um... We still haven't discussed best away day, and I've I think we I've got a really good one for best away day. Oh, oh so was that a question as well? Yeah, sorry, there was a second question. Okay, well, best away. Day. Oh, well, my one, Arsenal, my one, well, two. I've got Arsenal um, against United, Old Trafford, Will, Will Tord. When that's the time, I don't remember when Carnu jumped over Will Tord. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the other one would be uh, recently. Uh, I went Derby away to Leeds as a Derby fan. Um, and they were, uh, yeah, they were 1-0 down from the first leg in the playoffs. Something quite special about the playoffs, isn't it? Yeah. And they never experienced that as a gooner. And they went there and won 4-2, I believe, away. Or 4-3 away. I went for the away goal. And, um, yeah, that was class. That was a great night. Really, really special night. Was that was under, under lights at Ellen Road. With Lampard, was that? Yeah, Lampard season. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jack Marriott scored. And yeah, that was, that was, I mean, that, it's different because obviously I'm not a fully fledged Derby fan, but I did, you know, as, as I live here, I do kind of take them on. And um, yeah, that was class, really cool, really fun. And like I said, it's something special about the playoffs. It's a shame they couldn't get it done in the final against Villa, to be fair. But hey ho, hey ho, what about yourself? Um, yeah, this was, a, I've been on a really quite a lot of good away days. It, and sometimes, like we discussed, like your first, when you go to your first game, sort of the football is just a bit part, but 
which is what is the case with most away days. So um, I've had some great ones at Stoke because Stoke is a, a ground, is a place where you really feel like an outsider. They And I thought that was, it was very hostile. And to go there, we I think we won 1-0 as well. Uh, and again, I went with family. I think my brother uh, came down for, I think he was up in, up north at the time and I went with a couple of uh, the boys uh that was one of my favorite I think that was the first time I saw us pick up three points on the road as well which was great but did Gareth Bale score no not the not the you talking about his volley yeah no well I think Danny Rose scored a header which is random but but my one of my favorite away days is one actually involving new hedges oh god yeah do you remember when as um Sometimes we like to call ourselves the uh, Cockney Clarets, and we went to. Oh, I do know that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Huddersfield <laughs> <laughs> yeah. away with um, uh, when Burnley played there, and we obviously our dearest friend Woody is a massive Burnley fan, and we went along with the whole Burnley gang. Um, I, I was trying to think because we'd been were we in Leeds the night before because we we were up north for some reason. Hmm. Um, yeah, it must have been Leeds. Or was it Manchester? I think it was Leeds. And then we woke up and had to drive to Huddersfield. Yeah, really hell, yeah. And then we um, met up with the gang in the pub, uh, went to the game. Uh, great, brilliant ground, uh, John Smith's. Um, that is a good ground. That was great. Very intense, wasn't it? Very sort of uh, real real intense atmosphere between them two sides, Lancashire and... Uh, Yorkshire, they don't like each other, do they? <laughs> they don't. And I remember Burnley had the whole stand behind the goal. So there must have been, I think so, there must have been 3,000 3, maybe, 4,000. And we were, we were by the corner, weren't we? So we were right on the, like quite close to the Huddersfield fans. It was getting a bit airy, wasn't it? <laughs> I remember, I think Burnley were 2-0 down and they scored quite late on to make a 2-1. And there was a, a bottle of beer that, smashed against the wall next to us as well. Full can can came flying about a bloody inch away from our bloody head, didn't it? Yeah. But I always remember me and you. We we, obviously dressed up to sort of go out after the game. So I was in like a jumper and jeans. I think you were in, you were wearing a, you went for a shirt. Um, Freezing my arse off. It's a good, 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 good idea that they November in Huddersfield, isn't it? <laughs> and uh, we went at half time. We went to get the beers, and uh, we were queuing up. Uh, I was on my phone, and then <laughs> oh yeah, I remember this. Yeah, <laughs> guy comes up to me in hedges and just goes, uh, I'm, "I'm sorry for murdering the Burnley accent." He's like, "What's bastard score?" And uh, luckily, me and Hedges have spent a lot of time in Burnley. Spent a lot of time around Burnley fans. We knew. The bastards were Blackburn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were losing, so we were like, "Oh, they're one 0 down to Cardiff or something like that." And then he was like, "Oh yeah, Cockney Clarets," and we were like, "Yep, <laughs> yes, we are." Man with tattoos coming out of your face. Great grab. It's outside, isn't it? Like when you go and get your burger and your beer, it's outside. Yeah, and then um, I think that was when there was that. Rather large Huddersfield fan with his top off who was giving it to the Burnley fans. Did he get chucked out? I think. Did he get chucked out? And then I'm pretty certain we saw him afterwards getting his getting it 
getting filled in by some Burnley fans. <laughs> well, that was one of those nights where we were walking down that road, weren't we? And there was um, there was loads of Huddersfield fans waiting for Burnley fans, weren't there? And it all kind of, I don't know if it kicked off afterwards, but they were waiting there just to kind of see what happened. I think it kind of did, but kind of didn't at the same time. And yeah, bloody hell. Yeah, no, that was a good day. That was very good. Was going as a neutral was always quite, oh, that's the thing about football. I can totally go as a neutral and totally appreciate it and understand it all and, and get it all and... Um, yeah, no, good days, man. Good day, good old Huddersfield. Can't beat it. Yeah, that was uh, an, an, a really good night out afterwards with everyone. And um, well, we've been neutrals at Burnley quite a few times, and Turf Moor is another one of those old. Wigan, Wigan. Pardon me? We, we went to Wigan Arsenal. Yeah, that's well, the shirt I'm wearing. We all got our own Wigan tops, didn't we? Yeah, and it was nil nil. <laughs> And we, I found the Wigan fans, and that's the that's the game where um, that's the game where um, there was that couple sitting behind us, and she said after half time, she said about the forty seventh minute, like just to begin the second half, she was like, "Why have they changed ends?" And he just went, he went, "Why don't you just shut up?" <laughs> and I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> okay, <laughs> there's no need for that." <laughs> but, uh, I mean, she didn't actually want to be there anyway. You're not even talking to her. Well, yeah, being a Wigan to watch a nil-nil draw wasn't um, isn't where I think most females would like to go. No, well, no. I mean, it's um, sorry. I was actually just thinking to myself. I'm, well, I had, I had, I got a bramble shirt. Woody got Melchior. What did Nath get? He had Shana, and he was the only one who didn't get a photo with his respective. I got a photo of Titus Bramble. <laughs> so random. <laughs> no, no, it's no good. No good question. Good old away days. What's, what's the next one? Uh, well, actually, that is the last one we've got. Oh, right. Oh, great. Okay. Well, not great, but yeah, cool. Cool. Good stuff, man. Well, I think, we, I think we'll leave FM. Should we leave FM and we'll dedicate half an hour to Fort Manager next week? Yeah, we will. Next week, I think the best thing to do is set up a timer because we, we can... Just seeing these emails so easily. Well, like I said, no, the emails are great because it gets us thinking on the spot a little bit as well. Because obviously I read through them and get an idea, but then sometimes you, are, you you sort of talk about your idea and then bounce off you and then we go somewhere else a little bit, don't we, you know? But that's great. That's great. And I think, um, uh, yeah, I think, well, like I said, we were chucked a bit of a curveball by the Premier League announcement an hour before the podcast. We're obviously going to mention that. And that took up 10 minutes. I don't know, I'm worried about the time bollocks to it. But like, it's just, um, it's just uh, yeah, I think Fort Manager is something, as someone said, we should, uh, it, there's, there's a lot to it. And we want to talk about the romance of it all and everything. But God, that absolutely flew by, mate. I don't know about you. No, that was brilliant. I think like, we've I've had a few messages about Football Manager saying we should not just do a question on it, we should do an episode on it. So I think um, we... Well, it's such a big part of our championship and Football Manager. It's such a big part of our childhood. I mean... Um, I can go into some deep archives somewhere. Uh, <laughs> but the good about Steam is, with Steam, you have all the uh, things on there. But whether they whether they stay on there, the, the, the old the old save must stay on there. I'll have a little look through the archives, see what I can find. But um, but yeah, no good stuff. Anything else you want to touch on at all? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, but yeah, roll on June the seventeenth. Yeah, bloody hell. Well, that, I think we and what we need to do is come up with some sort of plan about how we're going to roll that out. We're going to have a lot of games to talk about. <laughs> yeah, we might have to start putting out three-hour episodes, I'm afraid, guys. Here's a question for you. How are they going to do Match of the Day? I think they'll, they'll still do it, won't they? Why not? All the games are on. Yeah, but people don't watch, will not watch, sit through 90 minutes of... Villa versus Sheffield United, but they would be interested in the highlights. 
Do you think Manchester Derby what, on a Saturday night or a Sunday? It's like only Sunday night, maybe, to show all eight games. Well, I'm assuming they'll do match of the day and match of the day two. <laughs> so, you so say you're telling me we're going to have a game at twelve, a game at two, a game at four, a game at six, and then match of the day. <laughs> I'm not trying to get that one cleared by Angel. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yeah, I'm going to have to uh, have to set up a camp somewhere. <laughs> No, good stuff, man. All right, cool. Listen, um, name of the podcast, what do we reckon? Well, I'm having a look at it. Maybe we, we talked a lot about art at the start. Okay. We bring in the offside trap. <laughs> yeah, that is, um, that is, we could maybe compare that. Every episode we've done so far involves a player or a manager, so I feel like we need to keep that theme up. Yeah, that's true. I get more ideas when I listen to it back. What players? I can't remember. Obviously, I did the quiz. Laura Robert's left foot. Well, Wayne Hennessy uh, <laughs> has won the Premier League. <laughs> Wolfsburg's Wayne Hennessy. <laughs> um, I, I think Laura Robert's left foot's got quite a ring to it. If I was a if I was a podcast consumer and I saw that episode, I'd I'd press play. Yeah, it could be our artist that we need for our art gallery. We're going to sell. <laughs> yeah. Just put his foot in there, yeah. Okay, I think well, 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 I'll listen back and see if there's anything else on there. Uh, but obviously, with your um, five year old nephew listening to it, we'll, 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 we'll leave some of the uh, Marlon Hill stuff out. <laughs> <laughs> cool, man. Listen, have a, have, a, um, have a class week, mate. Enjoy the heat, enjoy the sun, everybody out there. The football's coming back, uh, the countdown is on, and um, thank Christ for that. <laughs> Drink responsibly, guys, as well, please. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Listen, uh, all the best. Have a great um, week and we'll catch up with you next Friday. See you later. Cheers, buddy. Bye-bye.